Okay, good evening, everybody. I'm so glad to see you here. I know that your feet would be drier if you had not come tonight. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, it's kind of amazing, actually. Uh, it's, it is a joy to be together. Uh, it's a joy to be seeing your faces. Um, I will be able to tell if you like my jokes or not a little bit easier, which is nice for me. And uh, I, I, know that, I know that as the year has got going, you have so many pulls on your time, but you are here trying to be a part of of this community, and I'm really, really grateful. And the thing that we're talking about this semester in RUF is community. And we're talking about it for a couple of reasons. The, the first reason we're talking about community is because that's what we are. Uh, what you'll hear me say and what you hear other people say is that RUF is, is a community of students on this campus who are seeking to know and to experience the love of God in Jesus and who want to respond to that by loving God and by loving each other and by loving this campus. That's what we are. We're a community. Uh, we're also talking about it because uh, built deep into our hearts is this desire to belong with other people. We all have that. That comes from God. That's a part of what it means to be made in his image is that you have this inside of you, this desire to belong with other people. The, the third reason that, that we're going to kind of get to tonight is that God has delighted to work in the world through a community. And that community, that people of God, uh, is expressed in lots of different ways and has been expressed in lots of different ways throughout, throughout uh, history. We, we see that through the, through the Old Testament and the Bible, the people of God, the nation of Israel is the community of God. We're going to look at the beginnings of that tonight in Genesis 12. The, the churches around the world, Rockbridge Church is an expression of the community of God in this place. RUF is an expression of the community of God. In, in this place. And so we want to look at God's word and say, where are you leading us to follow you as a community? And we're going to start by tonight looking in Genesis 12. We talked last week about uh, a Christ-centered community. Remember we read that strange passage about how we're living stones with Jesus as our cornerstone being built up into a house together, a Christ-centered community. Today we're talking about being a missional community. We're talking about being a missional community, and we're going to be in Genesis 12, and I want to give you a little background. If you're not familiar with the Bible, or if you haven't read the Old Testament, Genesis is the very first book of the Bible, and in Genesis 1 and 2 begin this uh, amazing poetic overture of the way that God created the heavens and the earth, that everything was made by him. But very soon, in Genesis 3, things start to go bad, and the man and the woman whom God made as the pinnacle of his creation, in his image... They reject God's ways. They replace those ways with their own ways. We call that sin. Christians call that sin. And, and things kind of go from bad to worse. In, in Genesis 4, you, you see the first murder happening. And, and you see what, what the Bible uh, seems to be describing, this increased corruption, selfishness and greed taking over the world until you get to Genesis 6 through 9, which is one of the more intense stories of the Bible. It's the story of Noah and the flood, which you may be familiar with, even if you haven't read your Bible where God basically says, this is so bad, I need a clean slate. I'm going to try again. I'm going to start over with just this one guy and his family. I'm going to save him. I'm going to save these animals. But it's just so bad. Even after the flood in Genesis 11, right before this, you have this really weird scene where there's this a society that has gotten so full of itself that they decide that they want to make themselves great like God. And so this is a, a, a city called Babel. They build this tower, the Tower of Babel you may have heard of, trying to reach up to the heavens to make themselves great like God, their creator, and God confuses them. He makes them unable to understand each other. And so when you get to Genesis 12, you've kind of got the sense of there's this good God that I read about, and he created the world, 
And he intends to do good in it. And how is he going to do that to this confused and divided and broken world? Well, the answer is in Genesis 12. The answer is he's going to do it through community. That's what he's going to do. So with that in mind, uh, printed in your bulletin is Genesis 12, 1 through 9, which I'm going to read. Please read along with me. I'm going to read the whole uh, nine verses for context. We're going to focus mostly on just those first three verses tonight. <clears throat> Genesis 12:1. Now the Lord said to Abram, and just for context, Abram is the man who becomes renamed Abraham. That's a little bit later in Genesis 17. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great generation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on to the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abraham journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. This is God's word. It's absolutely true. He gives it to us, his people, because he loves us. Let me pray and we'll get started. Jesus, thank you for uh, the gift of this night. Thank you that we have a place that we can gather that's covered and that's open air. That is, a, that is a joy and a gift. And Lord, we as a community come to you because we need you. We need you to be our Lord. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be at work through your word in us right now so that we might know you and love you and love one another. In Jesus' name, amen. This weekend, Maggie and I and our dog Pippin, I'm going to talk about Pippin every week. <laughs> Maggie and I and our dog Pippin went on a, a hike on brushy trails. You guys ever gone on brushy trails to, to walk or run? Hike is sort of a generous word. They're, they're, it's well marked, but we go out there. We've got Pippin. Our kids are at, are at Maggie's parents for the weekend, so we've got just time to hang out together. It's so nice. And we get out there, and they have these little, um, little kind of plastic box with paper maps that have all the trails labeled so that you can know where to go when you're hiking around. So we, so we get our, our map and we set out. And a few minutes into the walk, it starts to, uh, to just a few drops of rain kind of sprinkle in through the canopy and get to us. And I, lo I look to Maggie and I say, I, I don't think it's going to rain. Uh, the air doesn't feel like it. And um, I don't have any training in weather, by the way. <laughs> but it, anyways, it eventually just starts to pour rain. Like for an hour, it poured way harder than this, like downpour on us. It did not rain at my house, which is like three miles from there. I don't know why. Uh, and we just got completely drenched. Like for an hour, my dog was sort of half running, half slip and sliding <laughs> up and down these trails. And we're going for a while, and we finally get to a point where there's different options for the trails to go. And so I pull out my map to know where to go, and my map is completely soaked. The ink has all ran, and even trying to unfold it, it just deteriorates in my hand. Uh, I, I don't want to be overdramatic. Like, I wasn't in the Alaskan wilderness being chased <laughs> by grizzly bears. I was just on the Brushy Hills trails about a mile and a half from our car. But I had no map, and I didn't know where to go next. And, and as I think about the, the Christian community, the people of God, the church of Jesus, it's, it's not just a thing that exists. It is a thing that is going somewhere. 
It is a thing that has a direction. It's a thing that has a trajectory. And Christians often call this trajectory our mission. Our mission is that goal that we are moving towards, that we are hoping that God in his mercy will bring us to. That's our mission. And as we come to Genesis 12, what I think this passage is, is the map. I think it's the map that keeps us moving in the right direction as a community. I think this is the passage that tells us this is the way to go to be on mission as the people of God. And it's also a community passage. In fact, it's kind of like the community passage. Because this is the first time that God tells us in his word that he's not just going to do good things in the world. He's told us that. And he's not just going to do it through particular people who are going to be his instruments. He's told us that. This is the first time he tells us he's going to do it through a group, through a community, which starts out as a family whose husband is this one man, Abram. That's the first time we're told that. And so we're going to see that this, this passage describes the mission of the community of God. Okay, and I just want to look at three things that God does that are central to us understanding our mission. Okay, the first is that God speaks. The second is that God sends. And the third is that God blesses. Okay, he speaks, he sends, he blesses. All right, so first, uh, God speaks. This is what verse 1 says, if you look down at it. Now the Lord said to Abram. And you see this kind of thing a lot in your Bible, and you should always stop. Because this is kind of ridiculous. That the God of the universe, who's bigger than we can possibly imagine, who's more powerful, more holy, more pure than we can possibly imagine, is a God who speaks to us. He doesn't hold back. He doesn't stay far away. He speaks to us. And it, this is one of the things that you see all throughout the scriptures. And in fact, in Genesis 1, that, that beautiful picture of God creating the world, you know how he does it? You know what Genesis 1 says? And God said... Let there be light. God said. Everything that you see exists because God speaks. And, and all throughout the Old Testament, God is speaking to his people. And he has this group of people that he tends to speak through. They're called the prophets. Whenever you hear prophet, just think spokesperson. The one through whom God speaks. And, and, and when they encounter God, God speaks to them. There's a, a famous passage in, in Exodus with Moses in this burning bush. Moses is out watching over his father Jethro's sheep, and he sees this bush which is on fire, but it's not being consumed. And God calls him by name. God speaks to him, says, Moses, Moses. And all throughout the story of this growing people of God, he's speaking to them. This is how the writer of Hebrews, which is a book in the New Testament, describes what God is, is up to in this way. Here's what he says. This is the very beginning of the book of Hebrews. He says, Long ago, at many times and in many places, sorry, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. What is the best way God has spoken? It's in Jesus. Jesus is the human speaking of God. That's why John says in John 1, he's the word made flesh. He's the living word. Jesus is God speaking. And of course, he still speaks. And the primary way that God speaks to us is in a book. It is in this Bible. God is speaking to us. And, and I, I want you to take a second and just recognize that the thing that you are doing when you come to RUF and you listen to someone read the Bible and then teach you about it, the thing that you're doing when, when you go to Rockbridge Church and you hear, you hear Matt preach and read the scriptures, the thing you do when you go to Grace Prez and you hear Justin reading the scriptures or Michael Saunders at Lexington Baptist Church or any of these places, 
we're attending to the reality that we have a God who speaks to us. He cares about us enough that he speaks to us and he continues to speak to us. And the challenge for us as a community is to continue to keep the speaking of God, the words of God at the very center of our life. That means that this is not a community that is gathered around uh, ideas. This is not a community that's gathered around values. This is not a community that's gathered around shared hobbies or activities. It's not even really a community that's gathered around beliefs. It's a community that is gathered around the God who speaks to us. Uh, and I, my hope and my prayer for you is now, but especially after college, that as, as you consider all the different like, value-based and faith-based communities and churches that you might be, want to be a part of, I hope you'll find one that keeps at its center the reality that God speaks and it cares about the word of God. It's the most important thing you could find. And, and just, we know we're talking about community, but a little individual note here. Uh, this is why Christians read our Bibles. When you think about things like having a quiet time or reading your Bible or a devotional, usually uh, the word should comes to mind. Like that's something that we should be doing or maybe we should be doing more. And so most Christians tend to feel like they're doing really good with God if they're reading their Bibles or they're feeling a lot of shame if they're not. But it's all about the should. I don't want you to read your Bible because you should. But I want to tell you that God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. And he desires that your life be changed by the hearing of what he has to speak to you, which is a word of love and truth. God speaks. And that's the center of our community. That's the first thing that sets up our mission. The second thing is that God sends. God sends. He speaks to Abram. And what is the first word he says? Go. Go from here. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Built into the DNA of the community of God is that we are sent, that we go somewhere. And there's sort of a, a couple of different challenges that come with going, that come with being sent. The first is that you have to leave. And what you see in Abram, I, I may be calling him Abraham accidentally a lot, even though he's not Abraham until Genesis 17. I just realized that. What you, see, what you see is that he leaves these things that are good and comfortable. He's not leaving terrible vices necessarily. He's leaving his family. He's leaving his security. He's leaving his friends. He's leaving his well-being. He leaves those things. Being on mission with a part of God's people is costly because you have to leave things that feel comfortable and that feel stable and that feel secure. And I wonder what those would be for you. I wonder what those would be for our community. We have these things that in order to be on the mission of God, we might be called to leave. Some of those things are things like school is the most important priority in my life. Everything else comes second. In order to be on mission with God's people, you might sometimes have to leave that. Maybe it's a, it's a commitment to a preferred political party that we're all in with. Maybe it's this desire to keep everything in our relationships smooth and stable and carefree. But we have these things that feel comfortable. And of course, you guys have all left homes. Except for at least one person here who only had to be a few miles away from home to come to this college. But it's not any different, is it? 
You've already had to leave somewhere. That's a part of what it means to be on mission with God is that you actually have to leave something. But you don't just have to leave. You actually have to go to a place that is scary and vulnerable. Abram's going to a place he's never been before. And, and one of the, the verses that you gloss over here is verse 6. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The place where Abram is sent to go start this community that's on mission for God is a place where there are those there who will oppose him and everything he stands for. And when God sends us, and he has sent us here, he sent us to this campus, he sends us to a place that is scary and that is vulnerable and that is filled with those who will oppose you if you are on mission with the people of God. That's true. And there's a lot of uncomfortable places that God calls us to, right? Talking about Jesus out loud is a scary and uncomfortable thing, depending on who you're with, right? Telling your friends things that are true instead of easy is an uncomfortable thing. There's all kinds of uncomfortable things that God is calling us to. And when you do speak the name of Jesus, when you do confront your friends, when you do uh, enter into social spaces with those who you would consider to be lower than you, when you befriend people who are on the outside or have bad reputations, it's actually going to cost you something. It's going to cost you a lot, potentially. It's going to cost you your reputation. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you energy. It's going to cost you sleep. It might cost you grades. It might cost you money. So why should you do this thing that's going to cost you so much and be so uncomfortable? God speaks and God sends, and here is why. Here's why it's worth it. It's because he then promises Abraham blessing. He promises Abraham blessing. Here's what he says. And I will make of you a great nation, think community, and I will count the times, and I will bless you. And make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. This is the center of the mission of the people of God. That God blesses us so that we might bless others. That's the mission. That's what we're doing. That's what this is all about. Receiving and experiencing the blessings of God and extending blessing to, according to this passage, all the families of the earth, everyone, everywhere. And for us, everyone here in this place where God has called and sent us. The, the word bless in the Bible, it's one of those words that's it's just pregnant with meaning. And, and here's, here's a, the simplest way I can sum it up. Blessing in this context is the, the fruitfulness and joy that comes from God being with us and God being for us. It's the fruitfulness and joy that comes from God being with us and God being for us. And I want to tell you that that fruitfulness and joy makes the leaving and the going worth it. It's actually the best thing that there is. It's actually the thing that gives us all the, all the joy and all the purpose and all the peace that we are longing for with every fiber of our being. That's what God promises. That's a really, really good promise. That means that because God is with us and for us, this community, 
and any community that is centered on Jesus does not exist for itself. RUF does not exist so we can have a thing called RUF. That is pointless. Mm -hmm. RUF exists for this place, to be a blessing to this place. The churches here exist not to be a church, but to be a blessing to this town, to this county, to this community. That's what we're here for. We're not here for us. There's this channeling in the kingdom of God where he gives us blessing. He gives us fruitfulness. He gives us mercy. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us love. He gives us truth. And we channel it out towards every place that needs it, towards every person that we encounter, towards all those corners that make us feel uncomfortable, that make us feel scared. That's where we go because that's what God intends to bless. That is the mission. That is the purpose of the community of God. And it's because he cares about us, and it's because he cares about everyone. Don't miss that. It's because he cares about everyone. He cares about everyone in this place. Not just most, not just some, not just the people that are like us. Everyone. My, my challenge to you this week is, is to pay attention to how God has and how he is blessing you. I want you to try to pay attention to the way that you have been receiving the blessings of God. I'm trying to stop and pay attention right now as I hear the rainfall that we're sitting here in person with our eyes on each other singing. What a blessing. That's fruitfulness and joy for me. I want you to pay attention to the way that God says that he will forgive you again and again and again because of the work of Jesus on the cross for you. I want you to pay attention to the promise of power and love and self-control that comes because God's love has been poured into your heart through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. I want you to pay attention to the friends that you have. I want you to pay attention to the fact that your daily needs are met again and again and again and again. I want you to pay attention. He actually is, is overflowing us with blessings. Lamentations says it is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. It's like a waterfall of blessing and it never turns off. Because Jesus actually raised from the dead and sent his spirit to be with us. And I want you to consider this week where the uncomfortable places are around you on this campus that God might be calling you to go. And it's okay to name that it's going to be costly. It's okay to name that it's going to be scary. It's okay to name that it's going to be vulnerable. And of course we looked at Jesus here, guys. Who left heaven and glory to come to this vulnerable, broken place. And it was dangerous to him. And it was costly to him. And of course we know it cost him his life. And Jesus, as we've said, is the speaking. He is the word of God. And he is the fount of every blessing in heaven and on earth. So I want you to look to Jesus. I want you to put your eyes on Jesus to consider the ways that he is blessing you and to ask him where he might be calling you, where he might be speaking into your heart to go, to connect, to befriend, to forgive, to be generous, to be kind, to share. In verses 4 to 9, we basically see Abraham listening to God speaking and going where God sends him. 
which seems like a pretty easy story to end, right? If you keep reading in Genesis, you, you, you actually see that Abram messes this up quite a bit. You see that instead of being motivated by his love for God, he's motivated by his own selfish fears and desires and needs. And you see God having to remind him of this promise in Genesis 17. You see God having to test his faith in Genesis 22. You see Abram dying before he sees that all these promises come true. I kind of like that stuff like that is in the Bible. Because it gives me some comfort about the grace of God and about the unstoppability of the mission of God, even though I'm going to mess up. Even though I'm not going to keep my eyes above the waves, I'm going to get distracted, I'm going to get selfish, I'm going to get scared, I'm going to doubt. I'm going to think about me. Halfway through that hike that Maggie and I were on, when our map was ruined, we got to what I thought on the map was going to be the parking lot we had started at, and it turned out it's the parking lot on the other side. And I didn't sure, wasn't sure exactly where to turn, and Maggie said, hey, look. And there was a little plastic box with more maps. And it had stopped raining by now, mostly. And so we got to get out another map. And we got to be reminded, this is where you are, and this is where you're going. That's why, that's why I want you guys to come to RUF. Because we need to get that map in front of our eyes again. That's why I want you guys to check out churches in this town and get plugged into a community. Because we need every week to be reminded of where we are going. The people who have received the blessing of God to extend that blessing to everywhere around us. That's why I want you guys to join a small group Bible study. Because we help each other. We say, hey, don't forget, I have a map. Come check it out. We are not a people who exist just to be us. We are going somewhere. Because God cares about us and he cares about our friends. He cares about this campus. He cares about this city. He cares about this county. He cares about all the families of the earth. And he gives us so much blessing that it can overflow through us to bless the world around us. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you and thank you for the blessings of this life. From the small daily things that we forget to thank you for, to the eternity that you've secured for us through the death and resurrection of Jesus. I pray that you would remind us of all these blessings this week and that you would give us courage and faith and that you would help us together as a community to go. To leave things and to go where you're calling us, where you're speaking into our hearts to lead so that we might be vessels of your blessing in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, I think they're best with everything on the